Welcome to the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. I am Ross. And I am shivering Gordon. I hate winter. <laughs> God, it's cold. It really is. It's really stupid. Okay, so I know you as one of the great protagonists of stability. Uh, and therefore a protagonist of tripods. And now you drop this stability without a tripod heresy on me? You, me, and Freeman have always regarded tripods as a necessity, not an accessory. So what's going on? Well, I accept the compliment as being <laughs> a proponent and protagonist for stability. But we should probably be clear we're talking about photographic and video stability, and not mental stability. Ah, uh, thank God you cleared that up. <laughs> yeah, because some people might be confused. Yeah, you and I and Mr. Patterson would agree that a tripod is a necessity, not just a, an accessory. But there are many photographers without a tripod or who've been in a camera store and come out with a tripod that's so flimsy that it creates more problems than it resolves. Moreover, as we both know, there are times and locations where a tripod just won't work. Uh, sure, I, I know that. I found that out in Portugal when they wouldn't let me into some places because I had a tripod with me. And uh, so to state them, they would be museums, art galleries. Uh, they don't allow tripods in most of them, and so do some houses of worship. But they won't let the cameras in either, so uh, you've got the slate covered on those. Right, and there are some photographic experiences as well where a tripod could work, but isn't really optimal. Example? Well, I think any kind of sports photography where you're on the sidelines and the tripod could be a danger to a player... Or to yourself, because having one prevents you from getting out of the way fast enough to avoid getting run over. Yes. Actually, now that you mention it, I recall shooting the rodeos when we attended them without a tripod because we had to be mobile and get out of the way of the flying mud and other things at the same time. And I did capture an image of a photographer who was so engrossed in taking his image on a tripod that he didn't see the rider coming over the fence when the horse threw him. So it's, it's a very funny photograph because the look on his face is pure fright. So what alternatives do you suggest? First, shoot with both eyes open. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I think that there might be some alternatives that we could talk about that would provide practical support in the situations where the tripod won't fit. And since we talked about sports most recently, my go-to for sports tends to be a monopod. Sturdy, lightweight, and very mobile. And when I was shooting sports regularly, particularly football, where I had access right to the sidelines, I was shooting with a fairly heavy camera with a battery grip and long glass. And trying to handhold that can be tiring to hold for an extended period. And in the case of most organized sports, the action is pretty well structured. So having done my research 
I know where I have to be and can be aware of the dangers and not become exhausted just trying to hold the camera and the lens in the air. Well, you mentioned sturdy and lightweight and mobile. Maybe we should also throw in the word maybe. And I say that because I have seen multiple tripods whose claim to fame is that you can unscrew some combination of the legs and bits and bobs and put them together and you get yourself a monopod. I even own two of those but I have never been able to use them as advertised. Maybe you should point out that what listeners should be looking for in a decent monopod. Well, first and foremost, I do want stability and lightweight. And one of the ways that I would look to that is to measure the post diameter to ensure it has sufficient dimension that it's going to give me stability and lightweight together. So I'm going to propose at least an inch and a quarter in diameter for that main section. And when I'm evaluating a monopod, I want to put it through its paces and assess if it twists and bends. If I can readily bend or twist a monopod, it's junk to me. I also like to specifically look for a weight rating, which should be enough to support twice the weight of the camera and lens combination most likely to be used. Why twice? Because whatever number I guess will be wrong about two days after I get it home. <laughs> yep, that's so right. So, as I said, I'm probably going to be using a camera with a battery grip and a long lens. And in that context, a monopod in and of itself isn't sufficient. And on that topic of tripods that become monopods, they really are two different creatures with different use cases. So... A device can either be a good tripod or a great monopod, but the probability of one being both is very, very small. And you mentioned that the monopod is not the only structure that we need to be concerned about, and I think I know where you're going with this, because you made me buy one. You were talking about the monopod head. I don't know if I made you buy one. I may have recommended it strongly. Dangled something in front of me, maybe? Perhaps. <laughs> I'm, I can't remember. The benefits of getting older is selective memory. The monopod is obviously most useful when it's fully vertical. So I need to put a monopod head on the monopod that allows for forward and backward tilt. I don't want to incline the monopod away from the vertical. I don't need a head that swivels because I can just rotate the monopod and myself quicker than I could ever unlock a swivel lock and twist it and la-da-da-da-da. Now, I also want a quick release on the monopod head, so when I need to get the camera lens off the monopod, it's a single action. I don't want to be undoing screws and bolts and nuts, you know, and requiring six other hands to make that happen. And I've discovered that I will probably want a quick release between the monopod and the head itself in case I want to switch for a more specialized head on the monopod, such as, for example, a gimbal for birds and for wildlife. You're right again, because for reasons that I have to admit I, I don't remember now, I had a very 
complex argument I went through and I sold the tilt head that I had and almost immediately I regretted it. Oh well, any particular monopods that you prefer or could recommend? Well, in fairness, I only recommend that which I have owned or used for an extended period of time where they worked out for my needs. I presently use a really right stuff monopod with an MH2 head, but prior to that I had a Gitzo mon monopod with a Manfrotto head. The Gitzo monopod was fantastic, but the head was only okay for my use cases because at that time it was fitted with that old proprietary Manfrotto plate instead of an Arca Swiss standard dovetail, which is used on everything else that I own. Mm-hmm. Yes, I uh, have to admit that about uh, Manfrotto. So what else do you look for in if you were going out to get another monopod? Or should anybody be looking for? Well, I would always propose that a monopod be able to extend past, mean, meaning taller, than my eye level without compromising stability. I found myself shooting at hockey games where my only shooting position is on steps. And so I'm probably standing one step higher than where the base of the monopod goes. And I don't want to be tilted over and bent over the monopod because then I'm less stable. And I could be knocked and fall over. And your, would, back, your back's which, going to kill you very soon after. Which would be bad. I also find that birds and wildlife are not particularly concerned with where I have to stand. <laughs> they don't care. So I may be in a position where I'm standing facing downhill or facing uphill, and I want to make sure that I can get that monopod into the right length and the right position. So again, I'm not putting my back into a bad position. I'm not trying to be a pretzel and not compromise on the stability. Mm -hmm. Yep, you mentioned carbon fiber, but uh, I have a Manfrotto, <clears throat> and it's aluminum. So I know that they exist, and they're a lot less expensive, because if they weren't, I wouldn't have one. Uh, they are also very stable. They also happen to be useful against foxes, coyotes, and very aggressive Canada geese, all of which are becoming more of a nuisance and more prevalent uh, around this area. Well, I can see that. However... If you swing the right carbon fiber monopod. <laughs> anyway, geese are indeed a filthy nuisance. Foxes do not bother me, and I'm more concerned about koi dogs than normal coyotes. Let's go back to monopods. Good ones are good ones. Cheap ones are not good. Mm -hmm. And this is particularly true of aluminum because, unfortunately, we find, unlike yours which is fairly thick-walled tubing, mm -hmm. we find a lot of aluminum ones where the walls are very thin. So they will flex mm -hmm. and bend into interesting shapes. The challenge I have with aluminum is that they weigh more than carbon fiber. And I'm already carrying too much stuff. So weight matters to me. And to the point you made at the beginning of the episode, if you go outside... In Canada, in the wintertime, it's freaking cold. And if you're shooting without proper gloves, your hands can actually freeze to the monopod. Yep. 
unpleasant. No, definitely not. So that deals with monopods. Anything else that we can play around with? Well, I think that there are some very good use cases for tripods that are built to be low to the ground, where the legs are by design very short. And they will splay out enough so that the head platform can actually get to ground level. However, they can still be cumbersome, and the presence of the legs may stop entry into some places, as you've already talked about. Just because it's a small tripod doesn't mean it's not a tripod. Right. And security people tend to be quite literal. Yep. I looked at something else. And the something else is that I've found many uses for a device called the platypod. It's a very simple device. The base plate is a piece of milled aluminum. It's powder-coated in black, so it's non-reflective. They have a 3816 mounting bolt, which will directly take most any decent tripod ball head. It can sit flat or comes with screw-in legs that have spikes at one end and rubber feet on the other end. The platypod is available in different sizes for different use cases. So I can set it on the ground, on a tabletop, strap it to a fence post or a tree trunk. I find it very usable, and you may be able to get it into places where tripods are forbidden. Uh, you mentioned that they come in different size plates. Indeed. The small one is called the Ultra, and the large one, the one that's currently sold, is called the Extreme. I have one Ultra, and I use it mostly to hold lighting, but I have two of the predecessor to the Extreme called the Max. As best I can tell, the Extreme is the same footprint as the Max, but more of the plate has been removed to simplify the use of straps and to reduce the overall weight of the plate. I've never used one, so I don't know if it's as reliable and stable as its predecessor, so I can't offer any thoughts on that. The feet on the Extreme are now mounted, so you can rotate them if that's more convenient than simply screwing them into the plate. The Max is rated at a 300-pound capacity, and the Ultra is rated at 100-pound capacity. While I like the product, it's my opinion that the price of the Extreme is outrageous for what it is. The company also makes a couple of decent enough but very expensive ball heads that work very, very well on these types of plates because they're particular design, which places the ball at the camera mount not at the bottom where it attaches to the plate. This is not unlike the original Arca Swiss planetary ball head. And there are folks who prefer that. And in the case of a device like a platypod, I do find a planetary head to be more convenient to use than a traditional ball head. I've always wanted to try one of those Arca Swiss, the ones where you tell me that the ball head is right at the camera junction. It, it sounds like such a good idea. Because I have to admit that with, with my platypod and putting just a regular sort of ball head on it, there are times when it's still too high if I'm trying to get down low enough to you know, maybe shoot something like the undersurface of a mushroom or something. I can understand that. Uh, I don't know that a planetary head will get you lower, but it's sure a lot easier to get to the controls. Right. Anything else that you can think of that we can use for this? Well, all I can do is go back to my own experience, and everything else I've seen and tried 
tended to be too lightweight for my gear and would not hold it without wobbling. I even tried the largest of the Gorilla Pods and it wouldn't work for me as a camera support, although I do find it very useful for the holding of video lights or small flashes. Not strong enough to hold a strobe, but a hot shoe flash, it was okay. It doesn't mean that these devices are not recommended in camera stores because they're recommended all the time. But in my opinion, I think you're better served not wasting your money on them. Now, in fairness, the big Gorilla Pod might work for a Micro Four Thirds with a short focal length lens and no battery grip, but that's not one of my scenarios. Well, I did have a small Gorilla Pod once, but the only place I found it to be any good was for, you know, those insane family gatherings where you want to put the camera over the short focal length on top of a table and get everybody to lean in and give you uh, fake smiles. So I gave it to my brother, who absolutely loves it, but he only takes the kind of images I just described. Also, uh, in this current scenario where the supply chains to all the stores uh, is so badly disrupted, getting one that you can actually take out and try is very hard to do these days. But for completeness, we should perhaps mention the one thing that works really well in multiple locations. And that would be your basic generic dollar store 3 for 20 bean bag or uh, those neck cushions that you can get. You can put them on a car window, you can put them on dashboards, you can put them on tabletops and wrap them around the headrest on your car so that your drive home is comfortable. And they're really good for getting down really low, protecting your camera, and uh, as long as you can actually get your head down to a point where you can see what you're shooting, think, flip out LCD screen, they work really well. And like I said, three for 20 bucks, they can't be beat. But for me, I'm going to stick with my tripod wherever I can. Because for stability, it can't really be beat. I have started carrying a monopod with me when I'm just going for a walk along the river or something. Where, I hate to say, but the photography is not maybe quite as crucial, but it serves the purpose in those scenarios, and it's not another heavy thing that I'm carrying. So, tripod it is for me, monopod when I have to, and to all of you who have had the patience to sit through this. Thank you all for listening. I'm Gordon. And I am Ross. If you shop at B&H Photo Video, please do so through the link on our site. It costs you nothing, and it really helps support this channel. Until next time, peace.